What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Messy Truths Podcast. We're back. This is Mar. I am recording live and direct from Montreal. Hello. It is your not your favorite minute child, but not in the best mood middle child. I'm recording <laughs> from Kanagahage here in Montreal and passing it to my favorite person down south, our sister friend Oz. Oh, I love you, Nisha, and I'm right there with you. I am in a schmood, too. These kids. Fuck these kids. <laughs> this is a czar recording from New York City and going through it. Believe me, I'm going through it. But this is what we need. This is total, for me, so um, cathartic, therapeutic. I need this. This messy truths, you know, communication, conversation. This is exactly what I need to get me through the both of so thank you, ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a vibe today. I don't know what kind of vibe, but it'll be a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what it was like navigating singledom in your teens and 20s wow. and 30s? And yes, I do. Yes, I do. Oh, we're going to get oh into it today. We are going to get into it. But before we begin, let us first remind you to please follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook, Messy Truths Podcasts. Please follow us, engage with us. We have a lot going on on Instagram, especially lots of clips, lots of previews of the show. If you don't want to listen to the entire show because you don't know what it's about and you want to get a glimpse of what we are discussing, go to the Instagram account. It will definitely give you all the previews you possibly need. We've got reels. We've got all kinds of funny comments and really interesting stuff on there. And don't forget to subscribe and listen to us and rate us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on any one of your favorite streaming platforms. So totally rate us, rate us. That was our marketing part Mm -hmm. of the show. Yes, yes, out of the way. So single them, navigating the single life. Oh, God. So this kind of started with you, Niche, right? You yes, are yeah. <laughs> you are a teacher of the youth, and yes. uh, you got a little bit of feedback on the subject of what standards young girls and guys have these days when it comes to dating. And so, what what happened? What did you find out? Well, I found that they're shallow. But anyways, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I teach high school, as most of you know, if you listen to the show, and I love high school. They're very funny. They're innovating, but they're shallow as fuck. So I was talking to the grade 11. So in Quebec, you graduate in grade 11, not 12 or 13 in other provinces or countries. And we were talking about the podcast and they're so desperate to listen. And I said, never, I will never (laughs) tell them the name of the podcast because I don't want them to see this true authentic version of their teacher and how much I secretly want to hurt some of them. So I will never tell them, but this one young lady, so there's always a thing in my class. There's always um, three or four seniors that I tend to develop a good relationship with. And again, they were trying to get the name out of the of our podcast out of me. And I was like, yeah, so tell me what you're looking for. Because I was asking them, talking to them about consent and whatever. And so she gave me a list. And I text Mar and Oz and I said, isn't this shit interesting? Like, look at the list that the new 17-year-olds are giving me for their dating. So listeners, 
the person didn't have to have a job. I guess because they're all unemployed at that age. I don't know. The person uh, did not have to be smart. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, the person. And, so this is how that we got into it. So I text you both and we decided we were going to canvas these young folks mm -hmm. and find out if we were looking for the same thing at that age. And if my gosh, have we gotten smarter in the years? And I pray so because they're 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 so specific, like Sephora shit. Like they've got to have curly hair, and they've got to be. And I'm like, what the fuck does hair have to do with taking care of a relationship or <laughs> yeah. being communicative? No, all beauty, no brain. So oh, hello, this sounds like my list in my thirties. That doesn't that doesn't disappear in the twenties either. I too did some no. field research and um, you know field research. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I did that with uh, family members, people I know in their twenties and thirties, and I have a I have a, a list as well. I have a, I have a big list, big big a scary list. list. Yeah. So it's clear to say that in when you're in your teens, you really don't have many standards. Do you even know what standards are? You don't no really standards. know. No, there's Zero no standards. standards. And they don't define anything in their teens, right? I, I'm assuming we did this too, like you're talking, hanging out, but you didn't label things necessarily. Oh, I labeled things. We labeled. Yeah, I thought I did too, because I had a high school boyfriend. Yeah, I but... feel like these days things are way more like lax and fluid how they like to say it yeah. right like i think back in our day things were a little bit more black and white but i want to know what you guys were looking for in your teens because i mean you know did you guys have standards or what were your standards when you guys were teenagers think about your crushes or your boyfriends or oh whoever you were dating give me something well i have a horrible story i had a high school boyfriend from grade eight to about grade 11. He was quite cute. He was athletic. Um, I cannot even tell you why I dated him, hmm. but he was in a different school and we got along. I mean, we got in some trouble. Like his mom was a nurse and I used to go over to his house at night and his mom worked the night shift. Yeah, no, I got into no. some trouble. Yeah, I got into some trouble. What? Some closets. I was found in some closets. No, yeah. No. Yeah, I was in bad. But it was I, one boyfriend. Hiding the girlfriend or hiding the boyfriend? Yeah. Oh, that's something. But I think my standard shifted in grade 11 when he broke up with me because his friends told him I wasn't pretty enough. And it oh, devastated me. This. This yes, it devastated me. And I remember after that, like I became more conscious in Sejap or college about who I was fucking with because mm -hmm. it really hung over me like a cloud. Yeah. And it really put like, and I've told him like, we're actually friends. I went to his wedding, which is ironic, but um, I said to him, like, when you tell a, a teenage girl some shit like that, like, yo, that's trauma. Those are it's trauma. It's that serious trauma. trauma. Those are your formative but, years. Uh, those are the years where yeah. you're like, you know, learning to know who you are and what you're about, and life hits you like a fucking ton of bricks. You're like, what? Years. Yeah, no. But I think the standards I have was the brown paper bag test. Like, could I walk with you in public? 
That was a big thing for me back in the days, and it still is, kind of. Uh-huh. And um, could you hold a conversation? That's funny. That's that stayed with me too. Being cute, I don't know. I've dated some ugly dudes, but <laughs> yeah, if you're smart, I think I was okay with being ugly. See, I was actually the opposite and i feel like this is a downfall of mine um that (laughs) looks are definitely important to me a little too important and they absolutely were since i was a teenager i mean guys i had a crush on a guy for five years and this guy could i mean literally he could he didn't even know i existed i mean he knew i existed because we were friends but this is how Mm. foolish and unstandardly I was that this guy and for me it was absolutely all about looks because he looked like LL like a young LL you Mm. know what I'm saying he took care of himself he was cute he was you know he was kind of quiet I liked the quiet ones um and I don't know why I just you know developed this fantasy in my head about this guy and there was absolutely no qualities that I could say that we shared other than the mm-hmm. fact that we both, you know, liked boys <laughs> to men or something. I don't fucking know. And he had no interest in me. And that was the beginning of the toxic shit that I was attracted to in my life. Because why, Azar, are you pursuing a man who could care less about you for five motherfucking mm. years? Five wow. years. That's a long time to be dedicated. Oh, I'm committed. That's a really, really long time. <laughs> But wait a minute, I have a question. Because these crushes that these people have, like at my high school students, like there's a situation going on now with the grade 11s where this guy likes a girl, but he has a girlfriend. Mm. And so they, they they can date and like simultaneously. Yeah. Were you like that too? No. Did you date while you were crushing? So you just straight yes, up waited no, for the guy. I did. I did date. I dated while I was crushing for like a very brief, like two month period. And I told you guys about this guy. This the, this was the 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 train wreck, the nightmare, the one who carved my mm. name onto his arm. We, we don't do that. We don't play that. But no, that's too. Realistically, I ended up going to my prom with this guy that was my crush, and it was just like, it, it was like my dreams coming true. It was a shitty prom date and he got sick and went home but the point is that you know i hung on and i had this like expectation or this dream that this guy would end up you know being with me for the rest of my life and i might have dodged a bullet ladies not gonna lie Mm. might have dodged a bullet so did it get better oz Hmm. Uh, let's talk to Mar about her <laughs> teenager experience. Before we get into the other decades. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. My teens, I had two high school boyfriends. Um, mm-hmm. One did not go to our school, but he always was at our school to play basketball. Um, and he was not really available. So like you was, I was into unavailable guys. <laughs> Um, we would (laughs) hang out from time to time and I think we broke up and then got back together. It really wasn't going anywhere. But then, um, later on in my senior year and my last year of high school, I developed a very, very close friendship with a classmate and we became friends first. And then we became boyfriend and girlfriend. We went to prom together. Mm. Um, 
but that's nice. Yeah, see, wasn't... friendships that blossom are definitely a good start. Yeah, and he, but he wasn't, he wasn't really um, in the space to have anything serious. And I, I, frankly, no one should be when you're at that age because you just right. don't know yourself. And for me, I think it was a low self esteem thing. Like, although I developed this really close friendship with this person and then had a relationship with them, um, I would say prior to that. It was crushing on guys who were not interested in me. I just wasn't their type, but I would still hang on again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Attraction to unavailable guys. <laughs> right. Uh, it's it's a self-esteem issue. Definitely a self-esteem issue. So I don't I wouldn't really say that I had a lot of standards. It was like, hey, he seems kind of cute. Oh, he likes me. Okay, now yes. there's a, there's something yes. there, right? And, and so that's it's a problem. Dependent on how that other person feels about you as yes. really assessing things. But I mean, you're a teenager. I agree. You don't have the tools to assess things properly. Or so the experience. it doesn't, yeah, well, it doesn't come until later. I don't know. My teens tend to assess before dating, which is interesting. They're like, nah, da 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 da. Like they go through a process of thinking, which I'm shocked and happily surprised. But I'm with you, Mar. I was like, oh, you like me too? I guess I like you now. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with us? It's a self-esteem like, issue. You know? It totally is. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you get a little bit of attention and you're like, wait a minute. You know, like that's kind of attractive. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh, you end up with a psycho. Losers. <laughs> yeah. <himself>. But <laughs> anyway. I do find the teens today, they're they're like, no. They're actually looking for something. They're like... What did they say to me? Um, no, no, miss. That he's a fuck boy. I was like, oh, no, oh, okay. So, but what's interesting is that the more broken the kid is, the more bodies they rack up. Yeah, but isn't this like society in general? Uh, look, 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 look around you, and look at that. The whole fuck boy versus nice guy shit that we did on the show. Like the reality yeah. is. You know, and I don't know, we really need to deep dive into this, right? Like, is it something about being attractive that automatically puts you into a category where you get too much attention so you turn out to be a piece of shit? Or are you just a piece of shit and it just so happens that a lot of pieces of shit are also attractive? Like, there's got to be some causality <laughs> here. Yeah, you know? I, I don't know. Someone's got to research this question. shit. Someone's it definitely helps. It definitely helps if you are a good looking person. Definitely helps. Because then you don't really have to try or make as much of an effort. And when you right, have yeah. a lot of interest, a lot of suitors coming your way, it makes it less um, less work for you. Mm-hmm. But the problem is you don't necessarily like every person that thinks you're hot. And so you make, yeah. that, you make a decision. Do I get in this just because... I need to get a little something, something, or do I just blow them off? And it and and it also depends also on your reputation because when I was in middle school in Ontario, I remember there was um, a friend of mine who was overweight. Now back then we weren't as body positive as we are today. Yeah, we weren't. And she had a, a major crush on this really hot guy if you want to define that as being mm-hmm. hot in, in the school he was like the a jock he was mm-hmm. and um he you could tell like he wasn't into girls who were heavier like she was and so mm. you know it was 
I think for him, it was also reputation. Like, what are my friends going to say when, um, you know, if I'm walking down the, down the hallway with her or at the school dance and dancing with her, you know, if your friends, unfortunately, your dick friends <laughs> have an impact on your opinions and on your decisions in life. They're your peers, right? So it, but that's it, a huge it is factor. Influential. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, both of you, I mean, every, the, the loyal listeners and the soon to be loyal listeners who listen to the show know that I've lost weight. And I remember saying to myself, I dare a motherfucker to come approach me now that I've lost weight, who I didn't want to, didn't want to date me prior. Like, yeah, no. Yeah, but they are like, it's an automatic fuck you, like automatic fuck yeah. you. It's not even like, oh, no, fuck you. Uh, fuck you. No, it's automatic. <laughs> it's just like, no, no, instant. no. And instant because that shit is real. And I know, you know, I can hear my seniors, especially my nephew, argue and say, auntie, it's a preference. Fuck your preference, right? Like, mm -hmm. people are humans. And when you really boil down compatibility, like, I watch Love is Blind. I really like this show. You know, it really comes down to, does that person have your back for the rest of your life? Or, and like, can you talk to them? Those are the factors that I asked myself when I met my husband. Can I see myself talking to this dude when I'm 80 and old and can't have sex and go run around the world? Mm -hmm. And it was yes. So I was like, oh, we're good because that's a good, really important thing. You can it still only have took sex me... when you're 80, though. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying maybe I won't be in the mood. But it took me 40 de four decades. <laughs> I don't know. You might always be in the mood. Yeah, for real, right? She's throwing her own <laughs> shit out there. Right? But I don't know. It was just, um, I, I, I just like, I really feel for, for my, for my peoples who are heavy set. But I do feel like heavy set folks are, are winning. I think Lizzo has helped that. A lot of artists have helped I that. Agree. And I also feel like dudes who are heavier don't have that issue. They don't as no. much as girls nope. no they not as much no definitely not no not at all i don't even no. think it's comparable but i like that we are talking about this because i think this puts us in the 20s and i think that oh, was God. a very yeah. that was the age right where i believe i made most of my mistakes i mean probably into my 30s and a little bit into <laughs> my 40s but well, let me take 20s, myself out of this your 20s are your apprenticeship phase, right? Yes, you are supposed yes. to is that what we're telling learn. ourselves? It, but it is. It's the period where you make the most mistakes. And so how were you in your 20s then, Oz? Okay. So I was still <laughs> very shallow in my 20s. I mean, really very shallow in my 20s. And then, you know, you brought up a point, Nisha, thinking about, oh, can I speak to this person? Can I still, you know, be whatever in love with this person and yet and still for me chemistry and being attracted to someone is super duper important you know probably why I am where I am today but I'm just saying like it it's unfortunately a very nagging reality to maybe some of us more than others like I have friends who are gorgeous, stunning, like model-esque, right? And every guy I know asks me about them and they tend to choose the ugliest guys I've ever seen in my life. And I am like, what? Like, They're nice. Shocked. 
it's not just that they're nice. It's just that some people are able to get past the looks. And I am just going to go ahead and say, and I am not one of those people. <laughs> so, oh my God. You're not alone. Just- you're not alone. And let me just yeah. also say, so let me run through the list with regard to the twenties, because I did Let's. do field research. And so some of the things that came up on the list, uh, firstly, uh, height is still a very important thing for girls in their 20s. Very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Tall guys, although if you are 5'4", doesn't really take much to be taller. I mean, if you're 5'6 and up, you should be fine, you know? But I think there are some girls out there who really, really want the tall guys who are like 5'9", 5'10", 6 feet, and so forth. So height was was uh, uh, high on the list. So was, um, okay, hygiene. Big, big issue in the 20s. Huge issue. That's a good one. I didn't even think of that one. Nice teeth and breath. Your (laughs) breath has to be minty fresh. We got to agree. I I agree with this. Come on. You can't. Breath is everything. Breath is still the same thing, guys. It's still the same. Still the same. Uh, Another, another, another uh, list. Stability. Mm. Definitely have to be working some sort of security. Are you in school? Are you working towards a degree? So education was on the list. Um, They want to know if you're able to be independent. Mm -hmm. Um, Not a mama's boy. Not a mama's boy. Mm -hmm. But I think I think what they're also saying is that you need to be accepting of the fact that your girl is going to go out to party you can't be all up in her business oh, wondering what are you doing where list. are you what do you mean you're going out tonight who are you, you going out insecure. with don't be insecure. you cannot be insecure you cannot be controlling you cannot be controlling you cannot be trying to control your girlfriend she's if she mm-hmm. was independent and had a life before you she's going to be having a life while she is with you. So that was another thing. They want someone who's emotionally intelligent and stable. What? Look at They this. use that word? I don't believe yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, honestly, I'm shocked too. I'm shocked. I'm looking at the list. That's what, that's what one of my nieces had asked for. Emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. and stable. Mm-hmm. I mean, and also I think that that works if you have gone through a relationship. So now it's sort of the same thing when you're in your teens, right? You didn't really have any standards. You went through a bad breakup and then all of a sudden you realize what you don't want. And that's probably the situation for a lot of girls and there are a lot of girls and guys in their twenties, whoever right. they, them, he, her, she, whoever, that if you've been through a really terrible breakup, you want to make sure that the next relationship you get into doesn't involve all of the toxicity, doesn't but- involve someone who's got a lot of um, major issues that they have not resolved. Unfortunately, you know, are you going to resolve it in your 20s? By your 20s? Probably no. not. Probably but not. To be fair, Mark, to be fair... We're in an era where, oh my God, like they're freer. Yeah. There's less expectations on them, right? Like Mm. there is, they're free to be sexually fluid. They like, they're just freer. I think 
I think yeah. they're freer. There's definitely a lot more uh, latitude in terms of your, you know, fluidity, however you want to yeah. be, however you want to go. And because of that openness, I think, you know, it's allowing people to do whatever they want. But I think at some point in time, if you personally have been hurt by a situation, you know what you don't want the next time around. Yeah, facts. And that's probably what it is. The other well, thing I have here is- I didn't learn that. <laughs> good communication takes some of us a little bit longer than we'd hmm. expect, myself included. Um, good communication, apparently that's super rare these days. <laughs> really? Maybe there are a lot of people who are spending a lot of time like gaming and don't know how to have a conversation or oh uh, are not in control of their feelings or maybe they're super introverted and can't really hold a conversation. Maybe they're right. not reading the news and it's not that intellectual. You know, who knows? Um, someone who's a good listener. Uh, and then we get into the uh, aesthetic part of the interest, right? Tall, mm -hmm. nice, clean teeth. Uh, again, just clean hygiene overall. Um, and a nice smile, apparently. I feel like this research is skewed. I think you're... I your niece or whoever you spoke to, whoever, however many people you spoke to are way ahead of their time. Because I'm I telling agree. you, as a 20 something year old, I always was like, and again, this, I am not a good example, but I was always like, okay with the dreamers. Okay with the ones who didn't get their shit together. Just because I believed that, you know, if you want to be like, I don't know, the next biggest rapper, then that's what you're working towards. And you're living in your mom's basement while pursuing your dreams, then my man, you got it. You know what I'm saying? Or like At 20. But there's yeah. a difference, though, early 20s versus your late mid to late 20s. That's where the difference is. Because in your sure. early 20s, you're focused more on the cosmetic stuff, right? That's where right. you yeah. really care more about the height and the appearance and you know, and then you start once you're done with school or if you're working in your own career or you have a steady job and you have decided that school ain't for you and you're working in your own field, that might be where you're demanding or looking for something more substantial in the other person. So it's not impossible that someone in their 20s could be asking for such mature things. It just could be that oh. they're in their I, I, they're yeah. in their later twenties and they've gone through That's some true. things. And I, I agree. I mean, in my early twenties, I was a fucking mistress. <laughs> I mean, let's just keep it real. I moved to another country. I was like living my best life at the pub every day. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I was looking for somebody who knew London better than me. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. But then, as I got older, uh, I guess towards my later twenties, like you're saying, Mar, um, I was looking for something different. But you see, again, I have to wonder how much of that comes from societal pressure because you know you hear those stories of people meeting in university and meeting their sweethearts and, and that stuff never happened to me in university i was too adventurous for that life mm. so i don't know but i i was i was getting wilder in my 20s oh my god me too i feel like i definitely peaked in my 20s i, I i'd like to 20s 20 30s i really came into myself i started feeling very 
much more secure about myself. Whereas in like high school and in like my late teens, I really just wasn't very confident. So I think that that really stopped me from, Mm. you know, I liked what I liked, but I wasn't like, I wasn't out there like that. But in my 20s, I also think it really depends on where you are in your life, right? So like if your niece or whoever in their mid to to late 20s has already established a path or Mm. has gotten security in their own lives, then hopefully Mm -hmm. they'd look at that, they'd look for that in a partner or in whatever they're, you know, whoever they're going to be with or whoever they're attracted to. But if you don't have your shit together, which was me in my mid and late 20s, where I really didn't know which way the wind was going to blow me, Mm -hmm. then I kind of didn't feel like I could set the standard that high. Oh my God, guys, this Mm. is getting very deep because Mm. maybe I felt like I wasn't worthy of finding somebody who was situated or in a better place than I was. So you don't want to demand that of someone else if you yourself are not living that way. I I understand. I also have to. Yeah, go ahead, Mar. I was going to say that, um, I was going to say that with regard to the 20s, I mean, keep in mind, ladies, that I was a hot mess in my 20s as well. I was living a very carefree life, you know, having a lot of fun up until my mother had passed away. And then after that, it was like, you want to have a real boyfriend for stability purposes, Mm. because everything in life is just falling apart. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, you know, some of these things that are on the list for the twenties that, you know, uh, that I collected in my field research, not really uncommon for me by late twenties, I would say, because I was looking for some of those things myself, especially after I'd been like rushed through adulthood faster than I was ready for it. You know, I did have my own apartment. I did have to deal with finances and paying bills on my own and Mm -hmm. managing life on my own in general with whatever help I could get from outside, um, you know, support my siblings, close friends and other family members. It was really, really crucial to have stability. And so some of these things are not uncommon in terms of, you know, what people are asking for. It really depends on your individual situation. If you've had a death of a parent or if you've, you know, been a very studious individual from, time and you're you've graduated and you've got your career you're going to be looking for that in somebody else too so i think there is something to what you're saying oz about you're looking for things in other people that you already have or that you are aspiring to you want the other Mm. person to aspire to that or already have it themselves right but i have to say oz i i think you're a bit hard on yourself i i want us to remember that Every decision we make today has led us to where you are. And you've got three Mm -hmm. beautiful kids. You're holding it down. You're a good mom. Uh, You know, other people would be like a loser. (laughs) That's just what it is. No, and no doubt. Like, listen, I, I accept who I am today and I am, you know, whatever. But for in reality, and we talk about this a lot, like, you know, we the way we came up with very little access to information again with immigrant parents that didn't talk to us much about the realities of the truths of life if you will Mm -hmm. that that you know like 
pretty much misinformed us, right? And brought us into a culture that they weren't familiar with. It's a different kind of learning curve, right? Mm. And I have to tell you, Canada did not help in my decision-making when it comes to men. Let me be clear. When I first moved to the United States, and I think we talked about this before, I was very anti a man paying for my dinner or paying Mm. for my drink. And I do believe that that was a very culturally Canadian thing that was instilled in me. Canadians are not materialistic. Like, it's just not in the culture, right? Like, yes, I want to say that- We weren't then. Today is a different story. Is it? Is it? Was it just an era thing? I I think it is. And I don't think it's unique to it being, um, you know, a Canadian or a nationality related issue. I think it's culture. I think the, you know, older culture, we did not have the internet as as, um, widespread as we did and social media. Today, it's a different story. Now you're getting into demands of, um, you know, (laughs) <laughs> what is the what is the guy drive Does, he has to have a car right. um his even his appearance like we talked about height and all of these other aesthetics but right like now it's like braids does he have to have braids does he is he allowed mm. to have dreads all of these things come into into play they're huge factors for girls these days and apparently right the, the girls that I spoke to, I'm just talking about from a heterosexual point of view, from the girls' point of view, they are not really feeling the, the uh, braids and the dreads. They want the, I think they're looking more for the clean cut guys like we had back in the but day. But why? But why? Honestly, why really, are they looking for that? I don't know, but I think social media has a huge, huge role to play in this. I really sure. do. But but hear me out, guys. Let me go back to my my train of thought, right? So when I moved to to New York, it was what like in the early two thousands. I was in my twenties, and at the time, there was a real emphasis on being an independent woman, right? We were doing a lot of like even as a DJ, I didn't want to be considered a female DJ. There was a lot of talk around being a rapper versus a female rapper, right? It was that mm-hmm. movement. I feel like I had embodied that spirit. And with that independence, I also rejected a lot of that the man takes care of the woman idea, right? Also, you got to you gotta understand, even in my background, my mom always told me, yo, you're your own woman, support yourself. Don't ever let a man financially, you know, support you because that could tie you down, blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of background, right? There's layers to this. But here I come to the United States. And the reason why I say Canada and the states and how culturally they were different is because this is what I knew. And when I came to the United States, I, you know, I, I interacted with a lot of different people. And a lot of the men would tell me, yo, you're nothing like American women, because American women's expectations are that the man pays for the dates, the man does this, the man pays the bills. Da, 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 da. And now mind you, I'm in my 20s. And I remember specifically being asked out on dates and being like, no, I'm good. I got it. Or I got myself. Mm. Right. And I have to tell you that today at my 45 years of age, (laughs) I am completely not okay with that anymore. Not to say that one person has to pay for the other, but that fierce and, and 
you know, that defiance that I had with regards to that notion no longer exists because I feel like today, you know, you, if you feel like something is worth it or you got to earn something that Mm -hmm. putting money down or putting actions down or putting an effort down is indicative of that person's worth. And me rejecting that at a very early state, whether it's in a relationship or courting someone is actually sending the wrong message. Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. Because when you say you have to earn something, that's how date rape shit goes on. Right? Like I took you out to dinner and da 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 and da 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 da. I think I think there are certain situations where guys do want to be um, you know Yeah, as long as they're not expecting anything. Yeah. I mean I I would hope that we're past this. Yeah, (laughs) I mean we'd hope that new. It's not new. We're not. We've had this happen before, right? That was that was one of the messages that always used to be communicated in the past, which was you know, if, if he's paying for everything, you got to shell out, you got to give something in return. But that's I, still happening. That's still. And I'm not today. saying that at all, but I'm saying if you want to, if, if I feel like my time is valuable, my presence is valuable, then why would I not accept the gift of you paying for dinner or taking me out or buying me things? I used to reject it, wholeheartedly reject it because I didn't want to owe anybody one, Mm. two, because I wanted to be in control, right, of Mm. my situation. And I wanted to put that, you know, impression out that I got it. I got this, like, I can take Mm. care of myself. And I feel like that definitely sent the wrong message. And I was having this conversation with a friend of mine, maybe a few years after I had been married or whatever. And she said to me, you know, what importance, we talked about this, what importance do you put on an engagement ring? Like, what if Mm. my man proposes to me without an engagement ring? And I'm like, hell to the motherfucking no. Because if you, right, want to earn my commitment, and as a man, right, because we do kind of live in this society, let's just be fair, why don't you work for it? Why don't you, you know, work harder, Put some money aside, put a nice down payment on a ring to show me that this is what I'm worth to you. Is that the bottom line? No. But I think it is indicative of how much you, I mean to you. I do today. I, I can't say that I felt this way back in the day, but today I feel that way. I have, I'm having flashbacks of our game episode where this question exactly (laughs) right. Please don't. don't. Uh, I've always been a traditionalist, I would say. I mean, yes, in my, in my early twenties, I understood that, um, you know, working, you know, you have a part-time job or a full-time job after school is finished. You know, I had no problem with splitting the bill or letting someone pay for me. Um, And then even afterwards, I was totally fine with someone paying for me. And I certainly didn't mind um, paying occasionally if need be. Part of that had to do with the fact that when, as I grew older and headed into my 30s, um, I accepted that there were the guys that I was seeing were making more money than me. So Mm -hmm. I accepted that you had the financial capacity to cover the bill as opposed to myself doing it all the time. But, um, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I don't think I, I really, 
I don't really have a problem with that. Don't think, I think I stopped having, I stopped being Miss Independent <laughs> when I hit my thirties. I think that's, that's what happened with me. I think it, I don't know. I'm a bit weird. Um, to me, money, maybe, I don't know. Money is fluid. It comes and goes, you know, whoever pays, pays. I mean, I guess I would feel a kind of way if I'm the only one paying. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I believe in a reciprocal relationship, right? Like where I'm okay paying for this, you pay for that, da, 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 da. Like, you're in I don't you're know. Right. You, I agree with in, that. Yeah. Once you get into a long-term relationship, you're a team. So it's give and take, you know, you're, you're. I, I have to admit when I was the two partners before my husband, I did make them pay everything. So yeah, I, that could be a problem. I don't care though. I mean, no, the, listen, oh. everyone's dynamic is different, right? Like some relationships, you're going to be the provider, some relationships, the man's going to be the provider. But I'm talking about when I was in my twenties, this is, this is something where I feel like I made a mistake mm. when I was in my twenties. I didn't, I get it. Accept, yeah. You know, it, I didn't accept that act of, you know, Chivalry. a man. Yeah. I didn't accept pain. it. Yeah. Right. And I think I set. I think I set a, a wrong precedent considering mm. my audience, considering my environment, considering that I was here in New York City, that I set the wrong, you know, precedent by being that way. I think okay. my upbringing with money is that money try, people try to control you through money. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm very like, nah, I, I can handle my own shit. Right. Mm -hmm. Even when I was younger, it took a lot for me to let someone buy things for me because I don't like people holding shit over my head. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that, that, that took me a minute. But I feel like what I just said also took us back as women 55, 60, 70 years. So let's go back to progressive thinking and talk about <laughs> what we what did we want in our 30s? What were we looking for in our 30s? Oh, our 30s. That wasn't so long ago, right? In my 30s, I think I had a clearer understanding or I was beginning to have a clearer understanding of what I wanted in a relationship. Um, I think my instincts were more sharpened because despite <laughs> being with the married man in my 20s, the married man was actually very good to me and really treated me like a lady. And I know people are thinking, what the fuck are you talking about, Nisha? You were still the mistress. Yeah, I was still the mistress, but I was treated like a damn. Like I was treated really well, yeah. like a lady. So, yeah, I was treated really well. So, when I mean, you say treated very well, what do you mean? I mean, give us an example. We went out every day, <laughs> you know, uh, every day, made every yeah, day, made say. sure I was well taken care of. We won't At get home. into that. We're on air. <laughs> uh, oh you know, yeah, we went out every day. Um, I mean, to be fair, that's a whole episode like how to become a mistress, but whatever. Um, we went out every day, you know, um, I was treated well, we spent time together, uh, emotionally available, could talk about anything. That was the seduction. It wasn't the looks. It was, we talked about everything. Um, That's very you know, attractive. Very chivalry, like buy my drinks, uh, made sure I had groceries. See what I very mean? protective. That. And I like that. I like that in a man. I like a man who's protective over me, mm -hmm, understands. Mm -hmm. 
but eventually it became a problem when I wanted more because, you know, that's, that's the, that's the paradox of being a mistress. Right. There was a um, whole other woman in the yeah. situation. So when I, in my thirties, by then I was engaged as both of you know, mm-hmm. and I think I had a stark understanding at looking at this person that I was engaged to who I adore and love to this day and being like, we don't have romantic enough romantic chemistry and that was important i didn't realize that it wasn't enough to be friends that you had to have some sort of romantic compatibility and oh my god in my 30s religion became super important because, oh thank you for saying uh, that yeah it yeah. was it was weird mar because up until then I could date, but when I thought about how I owed my whole life and all my blessings in my life to God and my partner couldn't share that, I was like, oh no, this doesn't jive. And I don't mean they had to be Christian or Muslim. I didn't care. They had to believe in something. They had to understand the concept of blessings and higher powers. And um, my ex didn't. And that, that was a major incompatibility because it, it, it was a fundamental shift for me. So religion, understanding sexual chemistry, and um, yeah, those are the two big ones. And I became, like, I was already an activist when I was young. But in my 30s, oof, that shit just exploded. Like, if you weren't for Black people, I was like, don't talk to me. Mm-hmm. Like, just don't talk to me. If you were black and you hated yourself, don't talk to me. If you didn't like hip hop, don't talk to me. <laughs> oh my God. I was so rigid in my thirties. And, and I really liked the type in my thirties, as you both know, I really liked military guys in my thirties. So weird. So I know because it, it totally made sense. Like my family order. served. That's what I liked order mm-hmm. protection. Mm-hmm. Sort of like that. But the God thing, like, poor God. But, I mean, Jesus was 33 when he came back on the scene, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> but the God thing was major in my 30s. Like, I, that's the one of the first questions I would ask. Like, yo, you're a believer? Oh, you're Buddhist? Okay, we're good. We can date. Oh, you're not? You're nothing? No, no, no. Sorry, bro. We can be friends, though. Mm-hmm. Like, peace. Interesting. That became a big thing for me. Yeah. I think 30s. it's normal when you're in your 30s, you get more serious. Like, time is a ticking if you want to have a family oh, yeah. or if you don't right. want to have mm-hmm. a family. You don't want to become what, you know, our uh, maybe older generations from the motherland would call old maids, you know, the the single woman who never got married with all of the uh, 40 cats, Cats. the crazy cat lady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You just you just grow into a whole different level of maturity in your 30s. You don't you don't care. Like in your 20s, you cared about what other people thought a lot. 30s. It was like you just care less. I'm good. Yeah. And and you have higher standards. You begin to really take stock of what you're asking for. Um, suddenly height is not as much of a major issue as it was in your twenties. Um clean teeth and breath and all of these things still are important. Yeah, that matters. That matters. <laughs> I don't care that matters. The person having their own apartment, being able to pay their own bills, having lived on their own, having their own stable life, that becomes important. Um, I must say that in my thirties, I went through a bit of a fat phase. Um, I was overweight. I gained a lot of weight. It was from, you know, just years of grieving, depression, 
um, low self-esteem, a lot of drinking. And I, I can admit that actually kept me single for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. And I had to kind of take a step back and be like, this is nothing to do with the body issue. It has to do with a you issue internally. Mm, how do you right. feel? How are you feeling? Are you in a good place emotionally, psychologically, mm-hmm. spiritually? And like you, Nisha, I started to focus a lot on those aspects of relationships. But what I did was I got myself together first. I started yeah. getting spiritually right. I started um, I healing. Wasn't really- Yeah, healing Healing, internally. I wasn't really working on the physical changes until after the internal healing started. Mm -hmm. And the physical changes, oddly enough, only occurred after I got into my relationship that eventually became my marriage. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Yeah. Nisha, you mentioned the music thing, and I gotta, I gotta say that that was so prevalent in my teens and my twenties and my thirties. Somebody who could share my musical taste was super important for me. Yeah, like it defines who we are. I think all of us very much are attached to music, and because of that, like that was that was definitely a non-negotiable for me. I mean, if you can't get down with hip hop, then yeah, I know. we just can't. We are just not. We can't vibe. And, and, and to be fair, not a huge hip hop head. Like he yeah, but really he doesn't isn't. hate on it. He oh, doesn't no, hate not at on all. It. Right. He loves and some he's, of it. He, and he's he into his own music. He's a music yeah. fanatic. He's so there's there's, yeah. there's something to yeah. be said for that too. Um, in my thirties, that was the time where I actually settled down and started making babies. Um, but I don't think that. I, I don't think I hit the healing phase or I hit the the self-awareness phase until I actually crossed over into my 40s, Mar. So mm-hmm. unlike, ongoing I feel like healing. I, it's definitely ongoing healing. It's something that I I work on still every day. And I think I was a little late to the game. Um, and I think it's mostly because when I became a mother, the whole uh focus shifted away from me the focus yeah. shifted onto my on kids children, yeah. and it has still been very much onto my kids but it was from being a mother that i learned that i was so flawed and not to say that you know i'm perfect now but it was becoming a mother that opened my eyes to all of the things that i needed to change about myself and those changes i made for my children but since I turned 40, and actually before I had Kane, so like now my kids are, were a little bit older, I started realizing that I needed to make changes for myself, mm. for the relationships that I had in my life, for the, you know, the environment that I was in at work, for the people I had around me and how it wasn't really serving me. And, you know, it, it, was, it really was when I hit 40, that I was just like, oh shit, is this who you want to be? And mm. it took me, I hope and I pray that I think today's a different, a different time, right? We we there's a strong push on self-care, there's a strong push towards self-awareness. Yeah. Therapy is widely accepted and encouraged, mm-hmm. not necessarily widely accessible, but hopefully we'll get there too. But I think we came up in a very interesting time. I, I saw a clip actually that said Generation Xers, which I think we all are, 
right, Nish? Um, Generation Xers, like most of them are either (laughs) in jail or on drugs or something else. And the ones who aren't are fucking survivors, right? Because we went through Mm -hmm. some shit. Yo, technology came during our time. You know what I'm saying? Like there was so much change that we witnessed and we were without. And, you know, it's, I think our generation has gone through the most uh, like drastic changes and economy that fucking crashed multiple times. And like, just I, I, anyway, the whole point is that Crack it took epidemic. me much longer, right? It took me a whole lot longer than I hope it takes my kids or I hope it takes this next generation, your niece, your students to, to, to become self-aware. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think you you mentioned something really interesting where you talked about your kids being the anchor for change in your own mm-hmm. life. And I think that's just, you that never ends, right? As a parent, you have a child, there's always going to be ways in which your children change and then in turn, they change you, right? Mm-hmm. And so as you get older in your 40s, um, it's a whole different ball game. You're not only thinking about um, and for people in their 30s who may have been gone, who have gone through divorce already, mm-hmm. um, you begin to your whole view, your whole outlook on life changes because you're now thinking about a long term solution to some of the ills that are going on in your own life, some of the problems that are going on in your own life. It becomes more focused on financial stability mm-hmm. because you're Absolutely. heading towards retirement you're thinking about um, yeah. if you are in like a really shaky relationship or marriage, do you think, do I want to stay here or do I want to go? You know, right. what the implications of that will mean? What are the consequences if you do split? So there's so much more complicated scenarios that come into yeah. play. And you have to think about like, what is life going to be like if you are single in your 40s and then leading into your 50s much harder Mm -hmm. to meet people Mm -hmm. you're not having you don't have as much of a large social circle as you did before unless of course you're in a unique type of situation industry um family situation or what have you so there's all of these factors that that um influence how you move going forward and then the person that you want to bring into your child's life Oh my gosh, such a factor. And actually, I'm glad you mentioned that more because I was thinking about that. Even people who weren't married and necessarily just engaged, like Nisha has been engaged before. And then I'm sure that changed her perspective on the next, you know, person that she yeah. met. But mm-hmm. but a lot of us in our 40s and eventually our 50s are going to be divorcees, right? This is the reality, right? More than 50% of marriages fail, at least in this side of, on this side of the world. And by the age of 40 and 50, now you do have baggage, children mm-hmm. from another relationship, debt, perhaps, you know, there's a lot that that comes into play, like financial stability that you mentioned. Besides financial stability, there's the baggage, like the prospect of somebody coming in with so many other issues or attachments that you now have to kind of accept or allow into your life. And (laughs) And triggered girls. Yeah. (laughs) And it's hard. It's really hard. And I will tell you, I know a lot of women in their forties who have kids, single moms, 
And just thinking about it, it's like I'm better off by myself. It sounds Mm. crazy, but having been through the hardships of co-parenting, having been through the hardships of, you know, the household falling apart, the idea and the risk sometimes is just not worth it. Being right. single looks not. pretty darn good when you weigh <laughs> when you weigh the pros and cons. Yes. Yeah, but unfortunately, people stay in bad relationships, right? And right that too. Yeah. You know, they and this is why you have to think before you sleep, folks. <laughs> Check your list before you decide to get busy because you never know if you are sleeping with your potential baby daddy or baby yeah, mama. You like, know what? Come on. Teeth, teeth and hygiene, all of that. Don't get me wrong. All of that is super important. But the question is, if you get pregnant or you end up having a child for the partner oh my God. that you are interested in or are with or we're with but are contemplating going back with you need to ask yourself can i co-parent with this individual of things don't that's for life baby it's for life it is for life (laughs) that is not a contract you can leave very easily i mean you can be a douchebag like my father and just not acknowledge your (laughs) your child's existence there's always that yeah but i'm just saying think very carefully and yeah you you know mentioning uh, baggage is going to come no matter what. When you're in your 40s, it's going to come. That's what happens. You've lived up to 40. You are going to have baggage. It just, just depends oh, on the weight, how Absolutely. much of it, you know. Are you I, making a decision? Do you want to be with someone who's married or do you want to be with nah. someone who has been married more than once? Do you want to be with someone who, how many kids do, are they allowed to Yo, have? Yo, the options are slim. The options are slim for the picking. Like, Two at the most, two maximum was like the the number quoted to me. Yeah, because you have to think of finances. I'm out of the game, game, guys. Like, you have kids and then the person you're marrying has kids. Like, that's a lot of kids. Bro, two baby daddies. We out here with some serious baggage. (laughs) You're so dumb. I have to say I'm with Oz. In my 40s, things change for me on multiple levels. So... Um, I mean, I've always gone to therapy. I love therapy. I don't care what other people say. You don't like therapy, good for you. <laughs> I love it. That's just what it is. In my 40s, I was able to really sort some shit out. Like I remember yes. my 40th birthday. Oh, God, forgive me. I went to church half drunk. Yeah, and and I went there and God and I had a celibacy thing going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, or God did, and I was a part of the plan, but that didn't happen too long. <laughs> but no, but in my 40s, you know, I had a major, in my beginning of my 40s, because I'm only four years into the 40s, I had a major breakup. And I knew that's the other thing. Y'all need to listen to your gut, your spleen, your God, yes, whatever instinct, you're calling intuition. it. Yes. Yeah. I'm all about the human your design. Spirit. I shared it with both of you. You know, whether it's God, your instinct, your spleen, your faith, your voice, whatever you want to call it, listen to it. Because I remember getting ready to go to New Orleans on my 40th. And I was sitting there packing and I heard the God inside of me say, hey, yo, you know, you're not taking homeboy into your 40s. 
And I was like, yeah, I guess I'm not. And I knew it was just a question yeah. of time. Mm -hmm. Like, when was it going to happen? Because like, you know, you get comfortable, you like the status, even though the relationship is broken, our society, like ostracized peoples who aren't attached or they because mm -hmm. but, but essentially, to be fair, the number one need of a human is to belong to be really fair to be in relationship but, with other yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's our number a one. Community. Need. But I knew I wasn't going into my 40s with him. And I, I was like, legitimately sad. I knew but I was listening to myself. I was listening to my instincts. My body was changing my mind was changing. And that's just what it is. And I remember when I met my husband, we didn't play the game as most of you think we might have like the card game. But I actually we actually sat down and we talked about like put all the cards on the table and made a decision like, you know, where do we see ourselves? What do we want? Do we want kids? Do we not want kids? What do you mm -hmm. want on cooking? What do you want on this? The hard hitting that. questions. Yeah, because I'm not some I am not listeners this. I'm not a housewife who cleans and cooks and chases after her husband. I'm not. I'm a working person. I'm an activist. I do my stuff. And cleaning the house and cooking are not my priorities. I can hire someone to do that for me. I think you've Amen. hit the nail on the head. It's about transparency. And if there's certain yeah. areas where you fall short or you're you're not, uh, that's not your strength, you got to be upfront about that. Don't go into, upfront. don't be an older person, more mature individual going into a new relationship. And you're just giving the impression that you can do all these things. You should no, not I can't. be doing that. You are a grown ass woman or man. And you need to basically person. be the person and you need to be very upfront and honest. Yeah. And indicate what I was very upfront. Are. And yeah. you know, it's funny, speaking of standards and what I was looking for, what I was looking for and my family was looking for was different. Oh, very interesting. I, yeah. Right. We, so we carry that into our shit. Exactly. Young, and we think exactly. that's what we want. And that's not at all exactly. what we want. Exactly. So what my family was looking for was oh, our, our daughter, our niece, our ex, you know, Nisha is a doctor. And as life dictates, a doctor should have X, Y, and Z as a partner, as a husband, right? Mm -hmm. This is what my expectations were projected onto me. I was just looking for a good human who mm -hmm. seen me, who valued me, who recognized me, who was hardworking, who didn't have to have my stature or status but needed to pull their own in whichever way pulling their own is. So a lot of people are like, do you have shared bank accounts? Like, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. First of all, why are you in my money business? Number one. And number two, like, like I said, money is fluid. If he's good, I'm good. If I'm good, he's good. Mm -hmm. And I think once, you know, Mr. Z and I met and we sat down, I think those are the first conversations we had. Like, yo, if you're trying to hook up with me, good luck. I'm not interested. <laughs> You're like, I really thought Mr. Z was too skinny. I was like, ew. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, he was. He was MAGA. I was like, ugh. Uh, and oh, let's not get into those stereotypes, but it was just too MAGA for me. <laughs> and um, he had kids. I didn't want kids. And I had to be clear because I had to deal breaker for some people. Mm -hmm. yep. And I wasn't not open to kids, but I was like, shallow i was like no no i just got a new body no child is gonna ruin what i just worked 40 <laughs> years for and oh 
And I was so happy when he told me he had kids. I was like, oh, I'm good. You have kids. Okay, I'm good. And that's how I, I saw it. Like, you have kids. I don't have to push any out. We're good. You believed in God, hard worker, didn't like very open-minded. I'm a teacher. I can't deal with somebody who is homophobic or racist and doesn't understand what I do in my job mm -hmm. because I'm here to make people feel good about themselves when they're small so they can take care of me when I'm older. And yeah, and this is who we were. He was a, he is a very honest, upfront, blue collar working human status, who adores me and sees me. Status is really important, more so than people are willing to realize. And, um, and also, you know, achievements, professional achievements and accomplishments. I remember when I was in my 30s and dating and looking for a partner, I had, I got on the whole like dating run, uh, signing up to different mm. dating sites and so forth. And I had released a, I, I just had a book that was released and yes. someone had said to me, you know, maybe it's a little intimidating for some of the guys that you're meeting. And I'm like, oh, maybe you're right. You know, she's like, they're probably Googling you and thinking like, oh, this is a bit much. I'm not sure if this is, you know, the kind of person I want to be involved with and so forth. And I thought, why does it have to be so negative? Like, this is just a professional accomplishment that I have. Why is that a negative thing for the other person? And, and some bullshit projection. That's an yeah. insecurity issue on the other person's part. And what I probably needed to do was just to sort of expand my horizons in terms of the pool of men so that I could right. find someone who would, who was accomplished in their own professional life. Exactly. Don't water yourself down. Or somebody yeah. who understands that your win is a win and like, like, you know, and has no bearing Z on them. Yeah. Like no Z and I are opposites. Z and I are opposites. Like my win, it, he, he's really funny. My win is like, Oh, that's my win because that's my wife. That's how he sees it, right? Because he's your cheerleader. That's it. Yeah, he's, so he's he, he brags. He's not threatened by you. And he's that's not threatened at thing. all. And I, I've been with men like that. When I found my partner, he was not threatened by that at all because he had his own uh, very um, high-profile... Lucrative, yeah. Yeah, professional life as well. He's done TV. He's done all kinds of interviews on the radio and has, he's accomplished in his own right. And I think that's one of the things that people need to start understanding is that if you are an accomplished person in your professional life, you should not be, um, you know, watering yourself down because the other person doesn't accept that. Yeah. You need to find someone who is going to be uh, totally comfortable in their own skin and will support you in that area you know 100 percent. because if not then you're dimming your light and for what yeah because of someone else's self-esteem and insecurity issues mm -mm. that that's not cool. it's really not cool so i'm i'm glad that to say that my partner was not intimidated by that um but now i have a whole host of other problems that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other show but anyway i think we covered the gamut guys i think we we crossed the decades off and we uh 
you know, I'm actually very inspired and, and encouraged by Miranda, your niece, Nisha, not so much your high school kids, but um, <laughs> I'm hoping that That's shady. I'm, I'm sorry. But I'm, kids. I, mean, I am you know. just saying, I mean, listen, they, they want a, a person with no job. Like it's starting really bad. They're 17. Got, they I barely have a job whatever. themselves. Yeah. Still, yeah. still a little part-time job wouldn't hurt nobody. By yourself <laughs> right? Right. There's hope. There's hope out they, there. The young people exactly. actually have better standards than there's maybe hope. some of us did when exactly. we were younger. So there's hope. There's definitely exactly. hope. But also don't be swayed by the internet. Don't be swayed by social media. A lot of these relationships are full of shit. As you can see, they'll post <laughs> they'll post themselves together one day and the next day, you know, yeah. the side chick is posting. So the point is, you know, just know your worth man bottom line know your worth Max. value yourself yeah. love yourself so that you make room and space for other people to love you the way you're supposed to Facts. Be Absolutely. and that's it guys thank you for keeping it messy with us and messy, messy. tell us what you're looking for please we want to know and if you're single and in your 40s or 50s um, curious if you're that. single and 40 slide into our dms first before oz is we be checking them out like oh I'm just we're, we're pre-screening I'm happy to we do that. We are pre-screening. I mean, you I don't can know be good, messy like, content. Bruce doesn't like any more taste We change, know. You know. She said. Listen, uh, all I'm saying, the person, the per you can be good for the content of the show, but you ain't, that's all the damage you're doing. So you if you're interested in, in a, an absolutely gorgeous Persian woman who's Agreed. in her 40s. Hold on. Who said I'm looking? All I see said was hello single people all the 40s and 50s let us know what you're looking for uh, out you there. out here talking about the pool is small and all this the pool is small so you looking you looking all right, all right. Get, off this, get off this thing i gotta go i gotta go pick up my kids that's what you're gonna have to deal with <laughs> please catch us next time on messy troops and again please remember to like us please subscribe and please rate us on your favorite streaming platform absolutely until next time, keep it messy. Peace. Peace. Peace.